Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Tried and True. I am your host, Paul. I'm Dan. I'm Erica. I'm Andy. So, uh, how's everybody feeling? Have we all recovered from the convention that is Nova? Uh, no. My throat Seeing hurts. As it was yesterday. No. <laughs> <laughs> so much yelling. <laughs> like it, it was like whatever the fog, like the brain fog, like fogginess that I had the whole entire time. Like it's it's followed me home, and it's like I still feel like I'm having an outer body experience. Like it's just like I, I feel like I'm in a like a third person game. I'm like above myself, like just seeing like meandering around my house, just like doing things. It's weird. <laughs> You're like the Sims. Yeah, <laughs> Paul. I remember at one point yesterday you were like I was measuring something on the table, and then my brain had oh, an aneurysm, oh and you, then I don't you, know what happened. No, 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 no. Okay, we can talk about that because that was funny. So like the the one city map, the War Machine Hordes like map. It was on an angle. I, I think it was just not cut right or because the tables were bumpy, but like I measured 12 inches. It was recon two. I measured 12 inches from the top of the rectangle, 12 inches from the bottom. And it was literally on a slant. And Jake Van Meter was like on the other side. And like, I said, what did I do wrong? And he just laughed at me. And it was just it, I, like, I, 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 I just couldn't handle it anymore. It was awful. Ugh. <laughs> I've been there. I think the maps at Nova that they supply have been stretched. Over the last like decade, um, you definitely can measure steamroller zones correctly from one side of the map and then go, wait, why is it half an inch off when you check from the other side of the map? With that city map too, it also kind of made the stream look like it was like from uh, where the camera was angled at. It looked like it wasn't straight on, even though it was. Just kidding. It's not War Machine and Hordes. It is a magic eye book. I, I was going to say the like when measuring it and like it was 12 inches, but not 12 inches. For those who know, like I had a very much like House of Leaves vibe to it. And I was just like, I, I can't <laughs> do measurements right now. Like what is happening? So, ugh. OK, so let's go get some stuff. out. We need to get Seth to give us some more of those 10 inch widgets that say actually 12 inches on them. We'll be set. Uh, 10 inch with 12 inches. Stop, Dan. No. <laughs> my brain on today's podcast i messed with paul a little bit more uh, all right so for everyone who's listening thank you for giving us your time we appreciate it um shout out to more of the dice for giving us a platform to go ahead and share all the good stuff and plenty of other podcasts that are out there take a look at the show notes so you can go ahead and see what's uh there to listen uh, on the one boker broadcast recently seth ended up having a shout out to like almost every single active podcast so if you haven't checked that one out for the boker broadcast you know you definitely got to go look at that one uh, thanks to all the patrons on patreon for your continuous support as a special shout out seriously alongside you and our our local community you guys were able to help us run nova be able to get the resources we need to be able to you know make it an awesome experience for all of our uh, attendees so really want to you know bottom of our hearts like thank you so much for your continued support and if you were interested in joining the patreon you can go take a look at the show notes and you can go and uh take a look there so let's kind of get some current uh, development stuff out of the way pp news i think now at this point the brine bloods and the dusks are available both online and in store is that 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 is correct right that is correct. The stores at the at Nova actually had they they were, I was talking to what was the store that uh, Atlantic Coast had, Games. Had, yeah, Atlantic Coast Games said they they literally got their shipment in the day before they had to ship out. So they're they're in stores right now. All right, that's good. That's good. And then for app updates, it was dead on arrival. So the the love story between the human and the vampire is still happening. And then I think Black Tide Season 3 is now on the app, and that's all for the uh, paid subscribers. So uh, if you're not part of the subscription, you'll be able to go take a look at that for some lovely lore and some other ways to enjoy the game. And isn't it like this is supposed to be around the time that the Unlimited Armies are supposed to start coming out, if we're going by the release calendar? because all the I would primer- expect them to be trickling out 
in the next couple of months. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited by that. Here's something. Do you, do you all think that they're going to trickle those unlimited armies out one at a time, like they have been doing for the other legacy releases? Or do you think we're going to get a dump of them all at once? I would expect it to be a couple a month. I'd hope it would just be a dump, though. Yeah, I'd expect it to be like a series a month, between two and like six a month, I would assume. Like, my thing is, like, I could just see people, like, bitching and complaining, like, online. Sorry, it was just, but, but like, seriously, it was like, oh, why do they end up doing Signar first? Or why do they end up doing... Uh, cricks first or something and it's just like because signar is always first that's how it goes you will never make the internet happy they, they could do it any way that they asked for it last time and they would still not be happy yeah i, I would just hope that it just be like <laughs> one huge thing so that way like unlimited is here here's all the toys go nuts go wild and and i'm excited for whatever the unlimited armies i mean I, i'm going to be honest like uh at least for unlimited with what's available right now def 19 thyron sounds like a fun time like i'm really excited to do that in, in melee at some point okay so conventions uh let's so we have wtc scheduled for october 20th to the 23rd so those folks will be doing that you know next month warfare weekend erica i think you mentioned that it was going to be november 3rd to the 5th so first week in november and then for anyone who is aware um just to kind of put on radars if you're trying to go for the iron gauntlet a couple qualifiers that are left if you didn't know about it there is going to be one on the 16th of september in cleveland tennessee at dice head there will be one on the 23rd of september in olympia washington called the uh, south sound throwdown crucible in orlando florida at the end of the uh, september and then the michigan gt and the clash of at the coast michigan gt in uh lansing michigan and then clash at the coast at mobile uh, so i guess it's mobile alabama I, I or mobile alabama that's all happened on that weekend so if you're trying to get your last or if you're trying to get your iron gauntlet qualifier points definitely go to those uh those events right there there's a cleveland tennessee uh it says cleveland tennessee yeah was it, were you around in that area for when you did um did siege no, I just was unaware there that Cleveland, Tennessee existed. I'm sorry, Tennesseans. <laughs> you're not, you're not Ohio. We're ignorant Yanks. We don't uh, we we don't we don't know that. The tried and true podcast uh, <laughs> apologizes for any mispronunciations of your hometown. <laughs> All right, and then uh, some local Delaware War Machine news. What we have the Seamroller at Top Deck Games. We have a new meta that is starting up at Cherry Hill, New Jersey. It's September 16th. Erica, I know that you were helping out with that. Did you want to go and give some information about that? Yeah. Um, so actually, Andy's taking more of the admin lead on it. So uh, we found a uh, Top Deck Games. They recently moved and opened to a much larger location, which is, it's, it's a beautiful store, which can accommodate a lot of players, tabletop and card. Uh, we won't all be all squished together so what we're finding at at least at our uh, our home our hometown store at au we're getting a little uh little little too big for to support some of our bigger events there so it's in cherry hill it's in a nice central location between us and a couple of other metas so we're hoping to uh you know, start a war machine community there. Right now, signups, we have over 20 people that may be coming. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun if we have a bunch of war machine players just, you know, showing up on a Saturday at Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Yeah, so we we have that one. So it's a new meta that is starting up. I believe it was Tears who has been playing at our store for like all, uh, like every other week. He ended up uh, pitching us the location. I think it's close by to where he lives. So would would he end up being like the the lead head there? Would, would that be like what would happen? Do you think? I mean, if if Tears would want, or if any other players. So I joined their Discord, and they do have a few War Machine players who were um 
you know, who played in previous editions who are looking to come back. I think for Delaware War Machine, we're looking to maybe use their location as an alternate location for our steamrollers at least once a quarter or twice a year. Okay. No, that'd be great. All right, wonderful. So we have that. And then the Susquehanna Scuffle on October 7th, our 3v3 team event. Doors are opening at 8 o'clock, dice at 9 a.m. at the Battle Bunker in PA. Anything you want to go and talk about with that? Yeah, so uh, this is our second year of the Sussy Scuff. This is our kind, This is our fun little uh, meadow off uh, on the Northeast Coast here. So it looks like we're going to have teams from Delaware, New Jersey, Virginia, Buffalo, I think, sending a team. Oh, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan from uh, Blightbringers. He's going to be coming down. Yeah, so it's a lot of fun. Uh, so tickets are priced at $30 per person. It's a max four-round event, and your ticket buys you access to the venue, lunch, and goes towards prize support. So yeah, that should be a lot of fun. It's at a new location, which will be much uh, larger. So shout out to Mike Ireland and Grant Ritchie for letting us use the bunker on Saturday. That's good. And then I think after that's all done, we're going to look into the Resurrection League in the near future. Uh, It says possible RPG elements to be incorporated. I think that's trying to call out the fact that we're expecting this dump of uh, Resurrection League information to contain the information about how you can level up your character jacks how you can apply you know, command cards rewards that you earn during the during the course of that league and uh, other you know RPG like elements uh, that you know build your force with more than just models that are available in a normally played game of war machine I think I'm I'm personally really looking forward to that I have a friend who's been picking up those uh, league games with me at my house and we were kind of waiting on figuring out how we can use all these really cool toys that they were talking about so i'm really excited for that would be great all right wonderful so that's everything that's going on locally for us and then the final thing we want to do in a little introduction is something new after going to nova and seeing that we have all these different metas that that came we had uh individual come from la and you know we had people from connecticut and charlotte north carolina and you know i was talking to erica and everybody else and said you know wouldn't it be great if we had you know a a little segment within our show where we can actually highlight this community in case trying to get the word out there or you know talk about the awesome things that they're doing and then maybe there's people like oh there's like a, a meta that is half an hour from my house like i could actually go and drive to that you know like why not right because we're getting into the new edition and we'd be able to go ahead and invite those people in. So we are actually having our first individual for the community spotlight. We are actually bringing in Taylor, also known as the Ice King. Taylor, say hi. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a very like last minute like change, but I'm glad you're able to carve out time and you know we respect your time and you know, good to go. We clearly don't respect your time as we bogarted it the entire weekend of getting you to stream. But that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I'm still recovering from the, the convention as well. It's been a long, long week. Yeah, Taylor, thank you so much for streaming. For everybody who may or may not know, originally at Nova we weren't gonna have any streaming, and then Taylor, aka the Ice King, came in, saved the day. So uh, it was really great to be able to stream games and and share those with the greater community over uh, Nova. Yeah, it was awesome to set that up. I came up, I was like, you guys want streaming? And they're like, yes. I was like, cool, just give me the Wi-Fi password and we're good to go. That's all I needed. 
No, it, it worked out. It, it like the setup. It was funny. My favorite was when we had it set up on the ramen box. <laughs> the ramen box saved the weekend. Yeah, yeah that ramen <laughs> box has been to a many a steamrollers and conventions. Y'all laugh, but that thing is like the best tournament tray ever. It is the multi tool. All right. Well, hey Taylor, real fast. So talk about where you play out of your meta. You know what kind of meta that it's like when and where you guys play and how individuals can reach out to to join up with you and your crew. So I actually play out of like two different stores, hosted two different metas. I play out of World's Best Comics and they usually meet up on Saturdays at noon and they're in the Hampton Roads area near the southern part of Virginia. And then on Sundays, I sometimes play at Atlantis Games, which actually was at the convention. They were the ones selling the boxes and they usually meet up on Sundays. I believe Tuesdays. I could be wrong on that. I usually only make it on Sundays because of scheduling. Um, World's Best tends to be a little more casual and Atlantis has some more competitive players, so it's a kind of good. You can play it either and get a good mix. How far away are the two locations away from each other? About forty minutes, mostly because of bridge, bridge traffic, because we have that big underwater bridge and it's like awful to go through. Mm-hmm. And then Atlantis is like on the Virginia Beach side of things. Gotcha. And then, like, are you the main? I guess you just go there to play, or are you the main point of contact? And like, who, who, like, if you're interested in going to one of those two stores, how would somebody be able to get in contact with a person? Or is there a Discord or anything like that? For World's Best, I'd probably be me or myself or AJ, my co-host, would probably be one of the main points of contact for World's Best to configure that because a lot of the other guys don't have too much of an online presence like I do. And then for Atlantis, I know 24-Hour Miniatures, his name is Jay, he was at the narrative event. He would be the main point of contact for Atlantis, their meta. Okay, cool. Perfect. All right, wonderful. Well, we'll do- go ahead and make sure that that information is put out there so that you know other people can go ahead and find those communities. It's great. And just for everyone else who is listening, we're interested in doing this community spotlight every single podcast going forward so if you're interested we're going to have a google forum that will be in the show notes and we'll put a plug in for your community and if you're interested in coming on to talk about your meta we'll go ahead and invite you on and you'll be able to go and share so this would be the time that the community spotlight individual would hop off but taylor ice king you were at nova so we're actually having you come and join us this episode and actually talk about your experiences here at nova i am honored thank you yeah sure so what i wanted to do is just kind of like start with a recap of nova it was at a new hotel it was great i think the venue was fine it was beautiful the the freaking convention hall was incredible what was all your opinions about this location i guess compared to last year or or overall to to other conventions most important for me was having everything in the same building last year it felt like you could kind of get stranded in one place or the other and it would be hard to potentially find some of your mates that you went to the con with because, you know, you might just be in separate physical locations. This year, if you're ever separated from somebody in your group or you wanted to find something, it was comforting just to know all you had to do was stop by a different floor or a different room, per se, on that first floor, and everything would be right there for you. I just really like the convenience of everything being in one physical location. I think the layout was fantastic. Like, being able to just walk, when you walked into the hotel, down the stairs right there, and it was just a big gaming hall, and then you had the food. For us, it was lucky. We had the food right outside the front door, and then the other door was right next to the vendor hall, so it was really easy for us. We were in a good, kind of centralized location and get a good views, too. I uh, I really like the Columbia we're at. So last year we were like in the basement and I'm not saying that the lighting was bad, but like we were we were downstairs. So it was, you had the main floor, you went down to the terrace, that's where we were at. I actually really like the Columbia a lot better than the 40K Amphitheater, aka the Coliseum, aka the Dungeon. <laughs> that was like, no shade, no shade, just, just 
just looking at it, it was like this dystopian almost. Yeah, I don't know why they chose to use black light as their, uh, Dude, it was so dark down there. It was like so funny. So like the players were like playing in this pit. There, there was a couple hundred. Like it was the the forty k room was was insane. Just the wall to wall people. But like they had all the tables set up like in this pit, and then <laughs> surrounding the pit were like all the vendors and GW staff. It was uh. Yeah, it was fun. In the grim darkness of the basement. <laughs> yeah. Why do you need the purple light bulbs? It's so absurd. Yeah. But no, I really I really enjoyed the Columbia. The the hotel staff like was on point when it came to refilling water, taking out trash, clean the bathrooms. bathrooms being clean. Yes, like it was very it was very clean. It was very uh, professional. And that's one thing I really like about Nova, not saying that other conventions don't have this professionalism, but for me personally, Nova's to, you know, Two and two for, uh, or I guess two and zero oh for cleanliness, professionalism. Um, it's just such a chill convention, and uh, yeah, new location it, that didn't disappoint. One hundred percent agreed. I think it's very telling that the only real criticisms that come to my mind are minor, just growing pains or uh, little tiniest inconveniences that you tend to notice. But when you look back at the whole week or weekend, as it were however long your attendance is for, everything went well. Yeah. And that's great. No, I, I To echo that, because it's like, if something goes bad and it ruins the whole trip, that's one thing that you're going to stick with that. You know, it's like, this is why this was awful. But like, the I, I know which hiccups you're talking about. And despite those hiccups, we were still able to go run the games. We we're still able to get into our rooms at night. We we're able to go sleep. We we're able to go, like everything was still perfectly fine. Yeah, I, uh, I would say the only, the biggest, I guess, hiccups or uh, the most, common critiques I would hear from players and fellow staff members about this new location is uh, parking was a big issue that was really limited that the garage filled up really quick other garages closed at you know certain times so it forced players you know to have to leave and being in central DC it's very very expensive so like the hotel rooms didn't have like microwaves or fridges in it so you really had to rely on the economy for your food I mean, you could, like, there were options out there. You had to leave the hotel, but if you were just, like, at the hotel, it uh, it could be a very expensive weekend. Uh, yeah, that was part of their give and take with that, though. They, I think they, I think in order to get the larger hotel, they wanted the convenience of, of being in the thick of it and having lots of options for food and everything. Everything was just going to be way more expensive because of that, so that's the direction they chose to move the, uh, you're paying for the convenience. I actually think I spent less out of pocket at this uh, Nova convention than I did at the previous one. I sure didn't. I, I, I've not been paying attention. <laughs> I did. I, I, you guys I, and your bougie coffee, though. No, okay. So, like, I think my body was in survival mode at least the first couple. Of, like, uh, the Andy and I got back. I think I lost weight over the weekend because I was so – I didn't eat. I didn't eat. I, like, consumed coffee and a piece of toast every morning, and that's what, like, I sustained on. For I gained five pounds. <laughs> I just – yeah, I think, I don't know if I was just really anxious or stressed. I felt actually our busiest day Saturday and Sunday were probably like the days where I was like, Whew, okay, everything's good. Everything's flowing. I think it's because you because we worked up to that tempo at that point that like this was the new norm and it just was starting to ramp up to the point that where it was. You're like, okay, no, everything is Yeah, over. just straight up survival mode. <laughs> the first couple of days were bit rough for me as well in the like the differential right i went to this convention last year i knew where everything was last year and now we're resetting uh and that with that hard reset i am glad that this was our first year running things in in this capacity because it gave us a fresh start this is our events this is a new location 
we can do with this blank slate what we want to be doing, but having to find everything again, you know, getting turned around when you come up the elevator, that sort of thing. It was Sunday. I was still getting turned around. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, me too. I couldn't. I, and then like the escalator and the stairway led to different hallways. And I was like, I don't even know where I am anymore. <laughs> Okay, so let's go and actually, well, what about the reception from the attendees? Because like, everyone seemed to have had a good time, would you have said? I think that my favorite thing that I heard, I wasn't there for Wednesday setup or Thursday throughout the whole like day, but people were walking by and they said like, oh, this is War Machine. Nah, it's not War Machine. It's like, oh, it is War Machine because I think like all the 3D terrain like threw them off. Like what, what do you think the overall reception of like everything was? Like whether you were in the events or um, just like a person who was walking by. Being able to uh, do demo events on uh, Thursday and Friday was really gratifying. They're always the most exciting people to come that, that want to sit down and actually like learn the game. And when they're you know, getting excited for things they haven't seen before or, you know, the fact that, oh, all your arms and heads are interchangeable now or your casters have spell racks or all the new and inter- interesting things. Maybe they're a returning Mark One player. Maybe they never played the game before. Getting actual, like, complete noobs to go buy a, uh, a starter kit or something from Atlantis Games or whatever was, was, was pretty gratifying. They can kind of go uh, take that excitement back to wherever they came from and hopefully start, a, start something where they're at. Uh, one thing that uh, we got a lot of pos- so we we push out a post convention survey that's still live. So if you're on our Discord or uh, Facebook or you came to one of our events, you received an email. We're using all the feedback, whether it be negative or positive, to you know we, we always want to make it better, right? So that's yeah, your feedback's tremendously helpful uh, for that. But uh, one big thing that people really liked were the demo armies that we had for players to sign out. So Delaware War Machine, a bunch of our community members put together 75 thematic lists, a mix of Mark IV and Legacy armies. So as players were coming and doing how to play demos, tutorials, or let's say they just showed up to a gaming convention, didn't have models, they could actually sign out a full list and play over the weekend. So we saw some of that and uh, it was great. You got different flavors of, uh, of play styles. Again, we had the, the Legacy and the Mark IV. Uh, so that's definitely gonna be a sustain, I think. And if uh, other groups are, are running stuff, that uh, was, was very successful to get more involvement and players on your tables. Fully painted lists too. That's important. Yeah. Draw yeah. people in with that, that presence, uh, that paint job that 3d terrain one thing i will go say is that when you do the the colors make sure that like your army colors are are at least varying enough just so that way people can see like they're actually like different different stuff as opposed to maybe be like the blue signor and like maybe like a blue painted orc off or something like that might just like help out because like when like at first glance you may not be able to see the two different aesthetics but i think that the the stuff that we had like i definitely think it drew the eyes yeah good point i also think while we're touching on setup uh, i you know on, on behalf of the tried and true crew uh we're so thankful for delaware war machine uh, ice king coming out the community at large really coming and, and helping us with the terrain night sending us terrain coming out to nova and just be like hey i'm a player in your event but i would like to help set up uh you guys like we, we couldn't have pulled off this this mammoth of a of a accomplishment without without you guys so thank you thank you so much yeah somehow we barely had enough terrain it was <laughs> which is weird because we we had so much well i think you guys set up what like 30 something tables we had 24. 24 yeah we had 24 still that's a lot of that's a lot of tables and a lot of terrain yeah and they were like good varied terrain tables too it wasn't i never 
I walked through the convention hall during some of our busiest days and saw people playing on all of those different tables, and I don't feel like we had any two tables that were terribly repetitive. You know, we had everything from a swamp table to, like, a dark carnival with Grimkin to, um, you know, a big ice pond uh, in northern Cador. Oh, d- d- don't forget the train wreck, the uh, the, <laughs> the, oh the yes, Delaware yeah. War Machine fuck you table. <laughs> the train wreck with all the hazards. Dan, were you there when we were helping out setting up the AOS tables? Yeah, yeah, I was uh, walking past, and it was really, really weird for me when we were setting it was those jarring. up. Yeah, it was just right. like we want every table to be exactly the same. All of these items have to be in the same exact position. It's like setting up a football field. It was very, it was very different. Yeah, I didn't care for it. It's so samey that th- I'm a steamroller roller player. I like having my games be something like repetitive to the degree that I can count on the experience. I don't like them being repetitive to the degree that I'm playing the exact same game every single time. That's too much. I, I, I think that when it comes to your player base and the games, like that's the expectation is that you're going to expect to play the same game as the person to the left and to the right of you. And like they like I guess in that kind of game system, that's what's to be expected. But at least for us, and I, I've been to enough steamrollers to see that the expectation that every table is different. So when you pick a side, it actually means something. Or if you want to go first, right? It's like well, yeah. In but even beyond that, I think it really helps with the narrative level of the game. If you can, if you can imagine you and your army walking up to a different area of the Iron Kingdoms, like in the fluff, and going, okay, I have no idea what this battlefield is like. Is a is like I don't know what the terrain is. I don't know what my enemy is going to be. Let's figure this out. To me, that's a compelling game experience. But to go, okay, we've picked the battlefield. It is precisely the same as the last battlefield. We can do this. Just so weird. That never happens in a theater of war. Yeah, it's it's it was just very jarring for me. Where you you basically you know your you know your map before you even get to the con, which is very strange. I'm like, that's not something I'm used to experiencing. I think the ta- the tables were fantastic. There was just enough variety that the die roll and the choice mattered, and I think that if, that allowed the players to make their choice and their game plan different every time and let the players really flex their mental choice of what side's better for me and how does my army play on this table better than the other opponents per se i was really also grateful though that because we had so much 3d elements like a lot of the buildings like there was no footprints underneath of them there wasn't a lot of neoprene on the table i mean the the closest thing would be like your your forest templates or maybe like rubble templates and stuff but there wasn't a lot like stuff was there and it was just nice to i i think from like an eo perspective i'd always be the concerned like if it's super hyper competitive, it's like, oh, I can't really tell if I'm within a millimeter of this one model because this damn wall is in the way. But it, it, that was never really an issue. And I think everyone just played around it and, you know, they still had a good time. Yeah, and in an ideal world, we would have everything be 2.5D or have something underneath all of our 3D terrain. It's just, it's, we just had so many tables that there was no way to have uh, an exact replica of everything in 3D underneath everything that's that that's 2d as well there's just there was no way but i guess what i'm getting at though is like that makes it that it may not be necessary like i think that you and i come from like we might think like it's necessary but our our really competitive players were still able to enjoy and so compete just as well as they did if it was flat terrain i so i mean i think that also comes down to the community too is like being okay with that millimeter off Mm -hmm. maybe some game systems might not but like the war machine community from the little time that i've been a part of it has been like one of the nicest communities I've ever joined. And like, 
if you're a millimeter off, you could just be like, my intent is to be here, and the other opponent's cool with it. There's um, I've had I've had games locally where like I know like seeing a couple of guys that's just like, am I am I close enough? And they would just be like, yeah, you're good enough. Like like we're we're here to go throw dice at each other and and stuff. Like let's just have fun. Erica, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to ask. So um, Taylor, so you see, you're relatively new at the community. Is this uh, was this your first time going to a large convention for to play War Machine like Nova? Well, he did Boker Brawl though, but yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Burger Brawl. Okay. Boker was my first real experience, like dipping my toes into like playing with more than just my buddy who got me into the game. And I went 0 and 5. So I was like, cool. First great experience. Learned a lot. And then <laughs> this was like my first like time I like I had practice reps in. I had an army list going in. I had a lot of preparation beforehand. And I was able to like use that preparation to play as best as I could. And it was definitely a learning experience. Yeah. From what I remember, you were on you were on top table yesterday, right? Yes. Congratulations. I was, I was nervous as ever. Oh, my lord. <laughs> it's just like, because like Jake Van Meter just like destroys you with a smile on his face. It's like, ugh. I didn't get destroyed. I, I'll take that. I don't that was think a close I game. Yeah, I don't think I got absolutely destroyed. I pushed it as a scenario late game, like turn four or five. I was like, all right, I didn't just get assassinated. We'll take that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Against Legion, that's all you can really ask for. Yeah. So as a uh, so uh, going to your your first Nova as a War Machine player, like how was your overall experience with everything? So you're it's great having you on this episode because we all like TO'd and ran everything, but to get your perspective as a player, yeah, talk to us. I think it was overall like really good as a player. I think a, a lot of my games went to time, so I didn't feel like I had a lot of time to go get food, but I had also packed food, so it didn't matter as much for me. Stop playing um, two-hour games, man. I don't know what to tell I, you. I, I, I'm slow. Sorry. <laughs> um, but, it would fit right at home in Kador. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but overall, it was a really good experience. Like, when lunchtime came, everyone was able to just walk out, get food. All our stuff was really safe. It was a really good event. Um, everything kind of made sense. It was really well ran. So thank you guys for that. But overall, it was just a good time as a player. There's lots of varieties in the events. The narrative I heard went really well. The demos were going all day. I saw you on Thursday and Friday running those. Oh, speaking of the uh, speaking of the events, we this was the first time we ran a larger event with Longshanks. We're gonna be, keep doing that. Longshanks makes uh, pairings and tables a lot easier, so that you're not writing army lists out manually and i'm not sitting here doing math trying to figure all that stuff out so if you don't have a longshanks account and you plan on coming to any of our events it's free it's just a web app is all it really is um all it needs is your an email address and you're good to go yeah it's great too because you if you like we have a delaware tried and true delaware machine uh community on longshanks so you can register yourself against free app and then you can register as part of a community and that helps with things like pairing you can there's community statistics on there so that's like i love that kind of stuff so you could see like who's playing what armies what their win rate is what scenarios you know your community might struggle with what what scenarios you're good with so uh yeah it's got all that that kind of data but yeah, yeah you're in the northeast you can push in there that basically for round one, I'd, I'd push the button to basically say, don't put anybody from the same meta together. So it'd be easy to basically have just a good variety of players. Yeah, if you're, if, if you're on the Northeast, like Seth, you know, like uh, Dave, you get on Longshanks. It's, it's, a, it's a great tool. It's free. It's a lot better than whatever we've been using on the laptops the past couple of years. We just do it by paper. We just like separate everything out and we do the math. I'm like, this is taking forever. And yeah, I like doing the math. It's easy for a 12 person event but when we got 20 people sitting there with two different events there's <laughs> the pressure yeah. on it was also like i would say people who create their first long accounts because my first time using it email took a little longer than i thought it would so just the account didn't break the email's just taking a while to get to you that's all 
Yeah, make sure you do that ahead of time because I actually ran into that issue on Saturday morning, I think, or Sunday morning, whenever it was. The other... Yeah, the other thing we did for our events, Paul, I think you had the idea. So I built all of our tournaments in Alongshanks before the convention, and then Paul printed out QR codes. Uh, Or we had all the QR codes for every event listed by date, and we printed those out and had those on the table. So when our players came up to register and sign in in the morning, it's like, okay, you know, thanks for coming to the event. Here's your QR code. And then they could just like go they weren't searching for the event or yeah paul that was a great idea that got the weight of them searching and finding an event off their back that's just for my career so i mean like i try to make it as easy as possible for my students and i mean like see adults are no different so it's fine sorry yeah yeah no (laughs) i actually used that trick again later in the week when i was giving a game demo to somebody and wanted to share um our discord community with them Mm -hmm. it's always such an invasive process trying to go and do like a friend request or find them on some other platform like facebook or something like i just need to share a link with this person they have their phone why is this difficult and i just punched in the invite link to some qr creator website and pulled their image up on my phone player i was giving a demo to was able to scan it immediately got to the discord link and they were in And it was really easy. If you're planning your own events, especially if there's multiple things happening in the same day, I recommend printing out that sheet of QR codes. It's really easy for players to just walk up and go, boom, I got the link. Thank you. Uh, We also like it too uh, for, so in addition to streaming, it's a great way for us to share uh, links to the greater community. So it's like once those tournaments or IG qualifiers kick off, players from around the world can follow how our players are doing at our events and to see lists. Some people have questions about, you know, uh, what people are playing. It's just, it's here. It's on this, this website. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's actually how my buddy, my co-host, AJ, he was watching me play in live. I'd be like, oh, nice, you're 2-0. Oh, nice. Good luck with your boss fight against JVM. <laughs> <laughs> like, Thanks, bud. I appreciate that. It's cool. It's nice to be connected um, that way and be able to share this experience uh, with, with you know, people who can't be here physically. Quick thing back to uh, some of the feedback that I heard. Uh, I was walking to dinner with some of the players after one of our tournaments, and I just uh, I just took a, a quick pulse in the middle of the week. And one thing that was resounding in terms of feedback was the events were on time. Mm-hmm. We I had heard that three too. rounds. No, no breaks on this train. We got army people in here. We always provided players with a lengthy lunch break, so that way they could not stress about getting back to their you know last round or whatever the timing was but the point being that is an oftentimes the biggest complaint that you will get is that we started late you know the rounds went so long that i didn't get home in time for dinner or i didn't get home in time to see my kids and maintaining a schedule as an event organizer like even if you have to be strict about the round clock about people pausing Overall, I feel it's beneficial to maintain that strict schedule because at the end of the day, everyone's going to remember the fact that they got to go home at a decent hour. Yeah, I'm going to say this. I think there's two parts to that. Is that one, right? Like when we got started, we got started. So if a person didn't show up, the the clock was ticking and... You know, it, it is what it is, right? Like we we have our hard start times, but also, I mean, because we we had the seventy five points. I, there's something there is a logistical or you know scheduling benefit to doing seventy fives instead of one hundreds because the games are shorter. You'll be able to get your day done a lot quicker. So I think that be 
because we had a lot of 75 events, that definitely helped out a lot. I think the way too that we uh, scheduled our events is nothing outside of King of Coin was going four rounds all weekend. So like, let's say our IG qualifier where we had a full, you know, 30 plus folks there, we were going to split everybody randomly down into uh, pods that were all going to kick off at the same time. So it's not like I'm going to sign up for heat one and then drop when I lose my first round and sign up for heat two because it messes everyone's strength to schedule up and it can complicate things. So we were going to split everybody into pods. Those pods, no more than three games. And then we were going to take the top eight from those pods collectively. And that was going to be our our masters for Sunday. Our big thing feedback from last year was we have um, players who are, uh, who have flights uh, who have long commutes. So our goal as a team was to get everybody, all of our players on the road by three o'clock on Sunday afternoon. And I'm pretty sure we hit that mark. Well, the goal was five o'clock, but I think we hit three o'clock. Oh. So. We, we were <laughs> overachievers. It's fine. I think I was on the road by five o'clock. I think I was gone by two thirty. So I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, we think we shipped you out first. Yeah, I, think I was and, home yeah. by like four thirty, and I had an hour drive. Yeah, yeah, Andy and I, we were the we were the last chalk out, and I think we got home a little after six. So it wasn't bad. So let's go ahead and finish up this episode by just talking about a recap uh, of the Nova war machine events, like how we saw it, right? Taylor, like, thank you for the kudos on the things that you said that it just seemed like it was great. Everything was awesome and everything like worked out well. I know though, when we were on the other side of the, of of the event, when we were organizing it, there are things that we noticed, we realized, and we critique ourselves because we are our biggest critics. So what I thought would be a benefit is that we just go through each one of the events, the 2v2 tournament, the IG qualifier, everything, and maybe just do like a quick recap you know, what was a highlight, what was an improvement for something that you would want to go do. So Eric and Andy, I think the 2v2 tournament on Wednesday was the the big event. So what what did you find that was uh, good and, you know, bad about it? So, so 2v2 was Thursday. I think the random pairings automatically made sure people weren't going to take it overly seriously. Unfortunately, Athena was in the game. Screw you, Rick. Um, so, uh, and I think we had, a, we randomly rolled a double Orgoth pairing too. So it was the, the power levels were a little bit all over the place. We probably, if we do randomly pair stuff, we might want to manually play around with it. Oh next yeah. Time. We gonna, we gonna break up. No more double, no more double armies. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I think, I think everybody who played in the 2v2 had a lot of fun doing, uh, like an off color style game where you don't have to, you know, it's not the, it's not. Uh, the straight up steamroller it's a uh, you know you gotta you're you're basically you're meeting your partner and two new people all at the same time and it, it becomes becomes a little party around a table sure yeah we uh, i'll see this as a way like so again for this first year i guess our overall vision for for nova so this was our community's first year running events this was the launch year for mark four um, so that was kind of our vision going into this thing was we wanted to cater it more for uh, people who are coming back and newer players which is one of the reasons we kept the uh the point size is small, um, but the random also, uh, the random teams also helped promote that where we were able to mix and match up players who have never met before, who are in different metas. So it was a good like social, you know, gathering thing on the first day. And just based on the survey results that we pushed out for 2v2, everybody that played in it had a blast and wants to do it again. That's great. So that's always a good sign. Are those sign. survey results public? Can I look at those? Uh, you can if you're me. I'll just send you the. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so you are not public. Got it. Right. Uh, yeah, I'll figure out how to how to publish them. I'm getting results in real time, so we just literally pushed this thing out a couple hours ago. So good. please fill out the survey, people. <laughs> I wanted to add just from a personal anecdotal 
note, I had the wonderful opportunity to play on a team in this 2v2 tournament with a twist. My teammate was Zosia Van Meter. Um, what a wonderful person. <laughs> I, I, I even got the excellent pleasure of playing with her against Jake. <laughs> and the smack talk was real, man. I was in stitches for like an hour and a half. <laughs> She is hilarious. So that was that set the tone for my weekend, and thank you for that. That was a great experience. <laughs> Those two are quite witty, and when they're across the table from each other, they uh, the sparks do fly. That's true. So shout out to Jake if you're listening to this. Whenever uh, you come to any more of our events, we're definitely gonna we have Jake's Grimkin poster. Uh, so even if Jake's not playing on the spooky Grimkin circus, he will have a uh, a spooky Grimkin poster that'll be following him around on his tables. <laughs> It'll be it was like the running gag all weekend. <laughs> He's haunted. <laughs> You've seen dancing pumpkins in your sleep, sir. At, just as a side, like, why why was that the thing? Like, was there, like, some joke behind it? Or was there, like, yeah, he, he, didn't, so... he didn't like the Grimkin table um, because he kept getting stuck behind a pillar. <laughs> well, no, um... he he was on it, like, for two out of his three games on day one. And then again the next day. So, like, so we're like, okay, we really need to get this man off this table. Like, for, um, you know, just for, like, a change of scenery oh, and something sure. different. On but top the... of that. Uh, he was playing on that table a lot with the uh, WTC sparring yeah. arena. Mm. So he just kind of played <laughs> yeah. So uh, we had the little um, poster with the clouds. We just like followed that around. Like, oh, Jake's playing at this table. Quick, put this like cloud effect on his table. <laughs> if anyone in the community wants a visual of what we're talking about, that, that terrain was featured on one of our recent battle reports. Um, so we made cloud effects out of like circus posters. And one of my first judge calls for the entire week was walking up to this table and and he was like, and Jake's, Jake's sitting there and Dan, and he's shaking this poster at me. What is this? What is this supposed to be? And I was like, it's a cloud effect. You can only see their feet. They're hiding behind the poster. Yep. That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, Andy, uh, how about the IG qualifier? How did that go? The one on um, Friday? It went well. Uh, we had a bit of a false start early in the morning. Uh, thank you very much to David Lee uh, for getting us going and making sure that we had even numbers for everything. And um, and he, he basically stepped in and out of a bunch of stuff over the course of the weekend to uh, uh, make sure Bill, we, Bill we avoided buys. Yeah, we, well, he Bill buried everything when, when, yeah, we, so when we needed him most. Yeah, so Dave, if you're listening, so David is going to be, uh, he is this year's uh, Bill Murray Award recipient. So uh, for those that are old like us, so in Space Jam, you know, the 90s movie, the old one, at the end of the movie, you know, they're about to sur- they're about to forfeit. Bill Murray shows up at the end and saves the day. So David, you know, thank you. He fell in on events to help us, you know, have a, have a good tournament number. He even sat with a uh, Gainerman Pete in one of his spell jammer sessions because they only had one other person. So like, yeah, David, awesome. We love you. Thank you so much for all of your help. All right. Anyway, so so improvements I would make to the IG qualifier. We were running two events at the same time. It would have been better to basically do a big swap between the two events um, and have them play two separate scenarios. That way you don't have to change the tables at all. Once both rounds are over, if they start at the same time, you just flip tables from event to event and everyone gets a gets a clean slate and they get to play a different scenario for at least the round of two yeah yeah for yeah. one and two basically so you're, yeah, we, you're basically you're saving time that way instead i think of... i think we implemented that on sunday yeah and between round two and three um there's a longer lunch break so as judges we had you know ample time to go in and reset the tables as needed 
Perfect. Yeah, that was also good for stream variety too, because that brought up like when we swapped tables, the new the other event was on stream then. Yeah, it wasn't just like straight masters or straight king of coin on the days. So it's like I think the steamroller final was between Ryan and Chris, and Ryan's like, oh, I had no idea I was gonna be on you know on stream. So I think uh, that you know that's cool uh, to be able to. A couple other guys, they're like, oh, can you text us the link? We want to send it to our wives and our friends back home so they can watch us online. It's like really cute to me. <laughs> Yeah, so that's something I'm going to try to incorporate more for next year, just to just to simplify the uh, the round around events. And then, how about the casual steamroller? So um, again, with the survey feedback, uh, we're getting really, really positive feedback from players that liked having those two modes of play running at the same time. So I think it was cool to have our players basically in the same area. So nobody was like, it wasn't like over here is IG and over here is casual. Everybody was intermingled with one another. And it gave a uh, another format. So let's say you're just showing up for the day and you don't want to you, you can't go to work for a weekend or you don't want to dedicate the full weekend to War Machine doing this qualifier. It gave you uh, a, another format, which was also uh, recognized. So no matter what you were playing in in our events, that was also important to us is we want to make sure we had prize support for everything. We had certificates. We had plaques because people are spending their time, their money to uh, to be here with us. And uh, us as a community, we want to we want to recognize that. Um, but yeah, I think that we're going to continue with that moving on in the future, having those two modes of play kick off at the same time. Yeah, I think the one downside to the way we structure it like this is that both events are going to cannibalize each other a little bit. Say you got 10 people for one and 10 people for another, that's going to sort of eat into each other's uh, uh, population for your tournament. Uh, if you want to push people towards more competitive stuff with the IG qualifier or more people are more newer and don't want to don't want that pressure i think from a player perspective it's better to have the choice but from an us perspective we're we're hoping and praying we get the uh we get enough people to make sure that we're taylor taylor you're a player what do you what do you say what do you think i would say it's just going to keep is the game's growing again i would say it's only going to keep growing each year with nova and and other conventions the game's going to keep growing player counts going to keep growing and then you don't have to worry about the cannibalization of the two events i don't think in time fingers crossed i hope i hope it's not a problem I i hope you're right I, I could see maybe a cannibalism is if you have like a 100 and a 75 point maybe scenario running at the same time. That could maybe be something where people are like, oh, I really want to, you know, play this one but versus the other one. But that might be like where it would be. But I do think, though, like you're right, that because it seems like people like like older players and also these new new blood that's getting into the game. I think it's that's going to be helping out and in increasing the uh, attendance at these um at the events. Speaking speaking of 75 and 100 points, uh, as of right now on our survey, it is a dead heat 50-50 of what people want to play. Roll one of each. Yeah, one of each. Or maybe just do like, uh, you know, 100-point steamrollers are going to be on Friday, 75 on Saturday. But to, to have that more diverse, you know, tournament format for folks. Caveat, nothing set in stone yet. I guess then this, I can go talk about the narrative event. So just as a recap, like all the tables were all set up. All the players like that I talked to seemed to enjoy the event. Andy was a hell of a DM. I'm really glad that you were behind me taking care of all the stuff going on in Signar. And we ended up changing up things a little bit. It was originally supposed to be a single event uh, from rounds one to three, going from 50, 70, and 100 points. Uh, we kind of took a poll at the end, and you know it seemed like the group wanted to do a 3v3. So we ended up shutting down IOS, and then we had Kador and Signar, and we had a three-on-three match. And it, the reception for that was really, really great. 
So with the a narrative event was an Orgoth narrative invasion. So the premise was that the Orgoth invaders were coming in. The 50 point scenario was a um, was like just trying to get a key terrain feature. The second scenario was capturing civilians to save them, to basically conscript them into the army of your defender uh, or sacrifice them on the final scenario uh, as the invader. And then the third scenario was the invaders sacrificing the um, civilians, getting benefits to their army, like while they were doing it. And the defenders were trying like to stop all the these sacrifices from taking place. And I have to say, like it was incredible to watch, especially the third round, uh, because we we had a uh, on on our um, on our Kator table, it was Orgoth like three Orgoth players versus three Ret players because we kind of said like yeah, all the Ret stuff will work for Ret and all the Orgoth stuff will work for Orgoth. It was just really cool like to see them like work with each other, and uh, it ended up with um, Sabreth like just kind of uh, letting Harusk and Kishtar die and taking over and being able to finish the last set of uh sacrifices it just felt very like thematic and narrative and and yeah it sounds on brand it is very on brand for her (laughs) yeah but the highlights there was a lot of really fun cool stuff that ended up happening lots of things that exploded in all the maps and the artifact system that i had it seemed that that was a bit of a hit we had weapon master commodore cannons snacking warjacks like (laughs) A mangler like just like eight people it was just like the weirdest thing ever but okay and then um it's developed a thirst for blood oh no <laughs> and then we had like reavers like getting incorporeal and like they just were like running around the map which is like really kind of cool like it would never be in like a normal game but it was just something neat that uh you know you tell the other players like that's awesome you know i wonder what's gonna happen uh andy were there any specific events that happened that that you th- uh remembered yes i have way too many to count um <laughs> We had powder monkeys getting shot out of Commodore cannons. We had uh, <laughs> so I I had a lot of uh, like NPC events on my tables. Basically, just random. If if you ambush a unit, then I personally as the DM would counter ambush with somebody else just to screw with you. I had uh, they so they fired a ca- uh, Commodore cannon right next to a giant tomb that I had a uh, what you call it a slag troll sleeping in. So clearly that woke up the slag troll. And uh, the player had the wherewithal to pull his bosun Grogspar, I think his name is. He just happens to be a random troll in in the Italian charter theme. And he's like, can I uh, can I fell call him? And I was like, I, do, does he fell call? He was like, no. And I was just like, roll, roll an improvised fell call. And from that point on, he rolled an eleven, so he had a um, he had a pet slag troll that followed him around. <laughs> um, lots of random stuff. Uh, David Lee and Cap uh, had a parlay in the middle of their table uh, between Krios <laughs> and Kishtar, I think. Um, it wasn't so much a parlay as a negotiated surrender by Krios. I'm not entirely sure why that happened, but. It was a quick game, <laughs> I think. So funny. They basically <laughs> they, spent they, they spent ten minutes blowing everything on the table up just to see what I would do to them, and then they <laughs> said, uh, "Parlay." Yeah, they ran their casters to the center of the board and just <laughs> <laughs> did the parlay. Uh, let's see. So in Kador, I had a, a couple of funny uh, interactions. So I think play of the day went to Liam. Uh, he fired a Magnus rocket into a giant oil tanker we had in the center of one of our Kador maps, which had an iris on top. So uh, once the missile hit the tanker, it had, you know, a full round before it exploded. So like it 
kill Iris if she was still on it, right? And then it would throw every model that was within two inches of it and then be removed from the, the board. Uh, one of the Kador maps had like a gypsy wagon <laughs> that our players could buy like p- random potions from. So if they went up to the uh, the wagon, they would roll a D6 and obviously one's bad, right? Um, and then they would get a random effect for a turn. I do have to say, um, so... Uh, Saturday was was kind of a crazy day. We had a bunch of bunch of things going on um, in addition to narrative. So for Kador, I'm sorry, guys. Um, I feel bad that um, I wasn't able to dedicate the uh, as much time as on the other tables. I was running around a little bit, and um, I apologize for that. Uh, but thank you for your patience. Um, I think that highlights a bit of learning experience for us for the narrative event specifically. All of us were dedicated to more than one table at once, so it's difficult to DM multiple games at once and keep your head on a swivel and yeah, you know, I think, make I think sure you, all your procs are going off and everything yeah, like that. Yeah, I think you need that consistent presence at, at the table, and we saw that on the IOS and Signar tables, not so much the Kador tables round one and two, so I'm sorry for that. Erica, I have to ask real quick, uh, the the Gypsy... It was Old Witch, wasn't it? <laughs> if uh, uh, we were going to try to incorporate Old Witch, I'd need to bring her. I think in the last game, Akers was like, no, screw this gypsy wagon and like yeeted it across the board with uh, one of his tyrants. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll tell you this. No, I was there for that. So a couple of my highlights, right? Another one with Liam. He had, was it Jay ended up having a cage raider like run towards like Liam's Dusk army. And he was like going to go shoot him like with this rifle guys. And instead it's like, hey, there's like the statue. Why don't you just shoot the statue and have fall onto the the cage rager and like they end up shooting it doing that it was just and they just basically took turns like throwing like the statue at each other to the point that it broke and i had like void spirits or you know like evil like red soul i don't know how it ends up going but like these like spirits ended up like popping up oh that Um, reminds me another good one uh so krios had invaluable resolve up and someone slammed a pillar into him but Mm -hmm. so it's sort of a you know unstoppable force meets a movable object kind of thing so we had like an anime where it just like explodes on his. Yeah, I literally just had it roll over top of him and into the dudes and behind him. the The poor choir took a took a hit. Yeah, the uh, the players were like, um, so you know, we can ask you guys anything. I was like, yeah, you can ask us anything, and and we'll see. But if you make us laugh, we'll probably just say yes. Yeah, we, yeah. we really encourage that. Where it's just like, I want I want you to try ask me to do things, and I will probably just tell you to roll for it. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, it was the rule hilarious. Cool rules at the narrative table. I was going to say that the giant lake was my favorite aspect to it. So Akers was playing in the last uh, narrative one where he ended up like having like he had like Sabreth do a perdition to like land his jackal into the boat and like he was going to go and slam like the tyrant like the boat towards like through like the ice to go and like land on Moros on the other side of the pond. Uh, it, it didn't end up working out, but it was just very, very creative ways of playing it. And then the last thing that happened with the lake was that his actual unit, they basically said like, we want to just chop the, uh, chop the ice and like break it. So they basically like killed themselves. And then um, everybody who was on the ice, it just kind of like sunk down. And then it like kind of like blocked off a whole area of the map, which is just like kind of cool, right? It's just, you know, there's no rules for it. You just roll, have fun. And like we're at the end of the day, we're telling a story. So oh, one more, uh, one more, one more, one more. All right, uh, one more, one more. So, so my counter ambush with uh, Braylon Wanderhart and, uh, and her gunnery sergeant captain dude. On the gunnery sergeant, there's a, there's a pig model along with the gunnery sergeant himself. I'm not sure who which one is actually the gunnery sergeant. Anyway, um, <laughs> he had uh, he had Lord Rockbottom come walk over and try to bribe them to be on the uh, the invader side. He rolled uh, not particularly well, 
So uh, Braylon did not get bribed. Uh, the gunnery sergeant did not get bribed. But the pig uh, shanked his commanding officer in the back because he rolled like <laughs> a 12 to hit. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and then Braylon promptly uh, murdered the pig and then uh, shot uh, Lord Rockbottom for the bribery. Okay, just because that you mentioned pigs, this is not on our outline, but can we talk about Ryan's like naked pygmies and his troll army? Dude, that's what won him the uh, the painting competition. <laughs> there was a lot of really good painted armies, but it was like they're very unsettling. Yeah, they're very uncanny valley because it's like the fleshy tones. There's like little naked whelps. It was not right. I like looked at everything. It looks so disturbing in a good way. <laughs> they're fantastic. I saw them once and I was like, "What am I looking at? Wait, oh, okay, mm, flesh." <laughs> Good flesh. I just, I just saw it, and I, I, I just, I told him it's wrong. It's just terrible. Why are they human colored? And but aside from the whelps, like everything else was like really fun to like look at. Especially his, um, his, uh, was it the the dire? Was it a was it a frost king? Ice oh king? no, he had a mountain king. Mountain king. Okay, got it. No, the ice king is here with us. Oh Hello. my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I mean, I think overall, right? It was good. But in areas of improvements for the for the narrative, here's what I realized with it. It was a lot of stuff happening. It was like a hybrid between like how I saw like the current narrative events and I wanted to add like an RPG flavor to it that we would see like other cons. But what I found when actually doing it was that some tables like had MacGuffins that you could interact with. While when I was in iOS, there wasn't really much to interact with. There was like statues and buildings, but like that was it. So that was a problem where creating these narrative tables, I didn't I didn't feel like I had enough toys for the players to interact. So I had to go and like throw like things happening, like a, a group of Stormfall archers just walking through and being on patrol and, you know, coming across Grim getting like, well, this shouldn't be here and, you know, opening fire. I had a I had a similar problem in Signar because we had a table that was literally just an entire table just a town it's just nothing but yeah. but, but houses uh good thing was uh i think it was larry he set one of the buildings on fire so i literally just had the fire hop from building to building and slowly burn the city down <laughs> no that's good I, i'm glad that that worked out but it was just it was just kind of difficult to make things that would actually work i had one person with a blockader he ended up basically like punching the side of one of those towers and like made the roof topple off and stuff which is actually kind of cool right but beyond that there wasn't really much to to really work with for it so i think in the future when making these tables actually making sure that every single location has something to play with or when you're creating a narrative event to actually like have a a clear goal in mind i'm going to say this for a second I was kind of a little, I won't say wishy-washy, but there were so many things that I wanted to do with this narrative that I, I personally lacked a clear vision when I was planning it. And here's what I mean. I started planning this to be like three different scenarios before we saw the Adepticon or Gen Con team events by PP. And I'm like, oh, that'd be so cool to go and do one of those. But at that point, because Gen Con was, what, July, right? Like, it was so close to Nova that I didn't want to have to create a whole new set of 3v3 or 5v5 setups. I, I didn't want to change the primer. Uh, so that was just, like, an issue. I mean, we kind of audibled into that for our third round. Well, we did because like it like it was it was interesting for people to go and do, but the problem is is that I guess like for me personally, I didn't just stick with my guns and actually go with like we're gonna go do the the fifty seven five one hundred at the end. Like everyone had a good time, but um, it's just I know me personally, I think having a plan and sticking with it and then adjusting that plan as necessary, as opposed to changing the plan. This is your peek behind the curtain, folks. We don't have any idea what we're doing. 
Yeah. <laughs> they're lying. They're wrong. fantastic at it. Don't listen to them. They're just hating on themselves. We're we're excellent bullshit artists. It's fine. But what I will say, though, is that at least for Nova 24, I'm definitely have an idea in mind. I'm excited by it. So I'm, I'm already I'm already putting things into the sketchbook right now. So looking forward to that. I think if nothing else, the narrative experience gave us a lot that we can learn from and use to better our future events. It was already pretty awesome from what I saw looking at the tables and from all the players that I spoke to. So this goes out to everybody listening. If you don't have plans to come to the next Nova, you might want to change your plans. I think it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, the uh, the biggest thing for me for the narrative event was watching people walk away from the narrative table and saying they want to do that at Nova next year. Like that's that was huge for me. Yeah, when you host something and people tell you, can you do this again? That's the best feedback. It feels real good. Dan, did you want to talk real fast about King of Coins? Yes. Uh, speaking of things that we may do again, uh, King of Coin. I think it went very well. I will say that Erica should take credit for the lion's share of the work done for planning and organizing the King of Coin event. The reality here is that I only really stepped in the last minute to help judge the tables. But beyond that, she's instrumental in pulling this all together so thank you very much erica oh thanks dan it was a lot of fun yeah yeah well i mean you deserve it so (laughs) (laughs) uh just to recap everything king of coin we sent out 16 coins in total i think we uh we received 14 of them back either in person when somebody brought it to play in the event or one or two individuals couldn't make it to nova and had to mail them into us but uh, 14 out of 16 is pretty good. And I think that everybody came and played in the event. Uh, was pretty happy with it. Uh, I didn't really hear too many deviations from that. That was the, uh, the big thing was that it was on time and that, you know, it, it was, uh, it fired off as advertised and you know, we had 75 point games and couldn't have had a better winner. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So our <laughs> long, king long live of the coin king. is King, Steve King. <laughs> Not me. Congratulations, so, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> How could I forget that part? That's right. Long live the king. Um, So we'll hope that he will be back next year to defend his crown. I think that automatically gives him a coin to start the next league. And I think I heard something that Erica said that we might do special for that. Oh, yeah. No, we're not going to do it. We are going to do it. So um, one of the uh, so the winner of King of Coin got a special plaque. And for next year's league, Stephen King's initials KS will be on the Mercs coin that will be going out. And then his meta shout out uh, Maplewood Jersey SOBs. You guys get priority on what coins your meta will start with for next year's league. So things to look forward for especially if you have a community of players that wants to get involved in bigger events, King of Coin. Come to Nova, participate in King of Coin, get those coins from those neighboring metas, secure one for yours, and you can bring home some serious advantages for the next league. Um, so uh, before you get off of King of Coin, we, we, we cannot forget our crowned prince, Prince Richard, who won the Prince of Pence steamroller that ran alongside with King of Coin. Uh, so, sh- <laughs> so shout out to Andy for this idea. Um, so this was kind of a last minute thing too. So King of Coin were elimination tables. So once you lost your, like, so you come to the table with your coin. Once you lost your coin, you gave it to the winner and then you were eliminated essentially. And we thought uh, that would like suck for people that were just coming into town 
into playing King of Coin, and then like you get eliminated round one. So Andy's like, we should have another steamroller that long that runs alongside of it. So we called that our our Prince of Pence steamroller, which also had prizes and a certificate. Which basically your record from King of Coin just carried over to the Prince of Pence table. So both of those steamrollers uh, ended at the same time and was a lot of fun. So congrats to Rick. Yeah, congrats to Rick as well. Uh, I mean, he earned it. He's been putting a lot of practice in with his Storm Legion, so uh, it, it shows off. Are we going to talk, so Magnus was like a really big thing in the 75-point steamroll. A lot of people used him. Do we want to talk about that? I think we can I think we can leave like game balance out of this one. There's okay. plenty of stuff and plenty of meat in this. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we can mention it as far as uh, it was pretty awesome seeing Magnus and his character Jack Invictus. Uh, featured in so many of our events by so many of our players. Uh, I mean, I'm, there must have been 10 of that guy running around um, a lot. out of our 20 tables yeah. or something. Well, I was so, surprised that like he was being used in 75-point games because I just wrote him off as like 100 only, just, but he was really effective at 75 there, points, yeah. I just think that as a 20th anniversary uh, miniature to reflect the company and you know where they're at, that model slaps. You know, the cloak on Magnus, the look of his rocket launcher that he's got, like, tilted slightly upward. Like, uh, he's got this such a cavalier attitude that he he evokes when you see that miniature. And then Invictus is just such a heavy-looking clunker. Yeah, it's literally, like, everything you want out of a War Machine model. This is, like, the, it's an amazing sculpt. The art they did for it was incredible. The, 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 the what do you call it? The, uh, the advertising for it was pretty good. You know, I mean, I mean, like everything, privateer press, more of this, please. This is what we want. Yeah. And, um, as a, uh, a little bit of a shameless plug, I think that our first ever community giveaway that occurred at Nova featuring a new Magnus model was a smash hit. Yeah. Good job, Paul, for coming up with that. We, we we had to get that Magnus at home, so congrats again to Ryan for for winning the the Maggie uh, Glammy shot with his fleshy trolls. I'm telling you, like that, like it, it, I told him, it captured the spirit of what I was looking for. Like I wanted like one of the old timey like no quarter magazine like army diorama shots, and like it hit it. Like that's exactly what I was expecting to go and see. So it was it was incredible to go look at. Like and I, and, I, and I kept on going back to seeing that picture like over and over again. I'm like, damn, that's like so cool looking. Yeah, I agree. Um, it was like it, it was like uh, Captain Gunbajorn's location was getting shelled, and he turns around and points. Like, there they are. Go get them. Um, we're going to have to throw a link to that uh, posting uh, on their show notes because, yeah, that does, that's a photo that deserves to be shared. 100%. And then finally, the IG qualifier. Andy, uh, any, any recap with that? Uh, I think more of the same for the for the qualifier and this. If we were having two events, we had a small steamroller going on at the same time as well as the IG qualifier. I think the same same thing, a lessons learned for this, can be said for Thursday. All right, cool. All right, then plan for next year. What do you think? Uh, I mean, we're in it. So I'm right now collecting after action thoughts and comments from our team and our players and then at the, you know, the greater War Machine community. So the Nova staff, we're supposed to meet online over the next week or two to go over um, some of that. Uh, I just, so fresh off the press, you guys, there will be fridges in the rooms next year. Apparently the hotel was going under renovations and that's why there are no fridges, but there will be fridges in the rooms next year. Hallelujah. (laughs) My overnight oats. (laughs) (laughs) Will there be microwaves? I can bring fruit. Oh, yes. Andy, is there anything that you're looking forward to doing for next year? I'm looking forward. To, so we had a couple of our locals reach out to us as we were 
you know, getting burnt out over the course of the weekend to say, hey, for next year, put me on the list. I want to take a shift doing something. Uh, I think I think I'll, this took a toll on us as a group of people trying to uh, <laughs> trying to run the, run everything at once. We were uh, we were pretty torched by the end. So I'm. Um, we're definitely going to be getting more people involved next year as just doing shifts. Uh, so yeah. we're not we're not going 12 hours a day every day. I think we all like at, at the end of the day, we knew what we had to go do. We knew what we had to accomplish to make sure that everyone had a good time. And whether we were hungry or tired, we just pushed through it because we knew that we had to go and get to that six, seven o'clock like hard time. And then we're able to rest and, you know, collect ourselves and stuff. So I felt like I was back on AT. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's true. Dan, how about you? That crystallizes some of my feedback as well. I think the biggest challenge that I had over the entire weekend was focus. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, and maybe my perspective is a bit unique. I have pretty bad ADHD that I always have to fight through whenever I'm actually playing the game. I could also feel that at a uh, more macro level this weekend. And it's something that I think that having more people to help execute all the tasks that come with running an event would be a big uh, improvement for us. I don't want this to sound like it has a negative connotation, but it kind of felt like we were running a skeleton crew. Like we were all doing something every day and we were sometimes doing more than one thing at the same time. And we almost ran out of terrain to use for demoing for new players at one point. So, you know, just all of these things coming together, having more individuals help you run these large events um, goes a long way towards just making sure that not any one person gets overloaded or tuckered out or sours on the experience. And I really think relying on your community will help in the long run in terms of longevity and making sure that you are excited to come back and do it the next time. Because what we don't want to see is communities going and trying to take their next big step and then going, oh, we can never do this again. It was awful. Even just what we did this year, there's no way one or two people could have done like all the events that we were holding. There's no way they no, could have I agree. pulled that it, off. This is a team team thing, but where I'm concerned like as needing the help is that if this does grow as like Taylor as you were saying earlier, like we get more people. Here's the way I looked at it, right? Like I was super happy that Saturday night we were able to break down like all the narrative tables, like stack everything up so that that way when we had to go and clean up the following day, like we just stuck the stuff in the bins and that what allowed us to get out early. We won't be able to do that if in the event that our tables are going to be filled and that means that we're going to be spending that much more time doing all these things to get everything cleaned up so it's not just that though like uh, for everything everyone that shows up and helps bring uh, physical items from point a to point b yes the help of schlepping uh, things from place to place is invaluable you can't run an event unless you can get your stuff there and i get that but i'm talking about the little things that wear on your attention span all day every day for every event that i was running and i had two judge calls at the same time i just kept thinking to myself it would have been excellent if we could spare a whole second person to help judge one event so that way you never had any one table that was waiting on a singular judge to get there you know god forbid you have three questions at once and you're holding up somebody's table uh, long enough that the first table comes back and asks another question again. 
judging is hard guys <laughs> uh so shout out to any organizer that's done it because you know it's a lot of work i think also and this is my like kind of go to erica we have like an aar binder right is it something we could maybe do is say like the if we remember the sets that we took i was just saying for like breaking down at what went well because that way when we do this next year it's like okay we'll throw two or three people you're breaking down these tables like this is what we did and that way there's a little bit more direction as opposed to just trying like making it up like the next year so yeah so for next year um i want to take on more of like that kind of that oversight admin lead role for you guys to support you guys like just at that higher level like i was missing slack notifications from the nova team i was kind of late on uh getting photograph requests because it's just like I'm running from the admin table to judge a call to try and DM a, uh, on the Kador tables. It was a little overwhelming. So I think definitely we want to look to having those shifts with more help. So thank you guys so much. That way we can give our team time off. Even if you don't want to go to the con, you just want to go take a shower and be in your hotel room where it's quiet. And because it's like you're on the entire time and it's from the time you get up uh, and you head down to Columbia to the time that you leave. It really did feel like a marathon every day, you're right. Yeah, yeah, it did. And we were we were we were pretty burned out by the end of the weekend. We're gonna look to get that one city mat out of <laughs> rotation. So we're not, you know, killing people's eyes on that one. And then like I'm gonna plug it right now. I'm gonna try to propose PP. Like this is such a great show. It would be awesome if you guys were to come out. You don't even have to run anything. Community's here. You guys, you know, just to show just up, roll out. dice, hang out. Yeah, everyone was asking uh, if you guys had a booth after you know, like playing with us. And yeah, we'll do all the hard work. You guys just come and you know, uh, hang out with everybody. I think I think that would be pretty phenomenal. Yeah. So that's my closing. I'm really interested to. hear here what taylor uh oh uh, yeah nova for next year actually sounds pretty exciting for me i've been thinking about it on the drive home because we it's about a three-hour drive home so i have plenty of time to think uh definitely gonna do it definitely gonna rethink about the driving in driving out uh i'll have a video later actually about how i that's a big time sink for me and i think about like you gotta weigh your time of driving or staying at the hotel and versus your cost but i'm definitely excited i'm excited to see what you guys cook up because you guys did a fantastic i'm gonna say it again because you guys did a fantastic job you did and yeah it's gonna be i also encourage anybody who can make it to make it because it's also the greatest in amount of war machine knowledge i've absorbed in such a short period of time because it was game after game after game and people being like, oh, do this, oh, do that kind of thing. I know that we've talked about it in, in the previous shows, and I think like the best thing you can do as a player is just to travel to other meadows or travel to cons because you just see things. And that's also something that's fascinating about the WTC uh, arena is that you're going to have you know different countries that have different play styles. And, and that's when you hear like the, the old stories of Mozart and it's like no one ever played this guy and you know across the across the ocean like apparently he's a monster so yeah i'm uh i'm, I'm looking forward to to seeing you at the next con i think it's going to be great and any other cons we go ahead and do we'll we'll definitely hang out i think that's pretty much everything that we're going to go do i think we're probably going to be going for another 24 tables again i assume with a dedicated demo area and i don't think we have anything else to add with that i'm just i'm just happy that it's over and i'm, I'm looking forward to like my brain working again so uh yeah, so uh ticket so again we just finished uh twenty twenty three. So the Nova the team leads we're gonna start looking at twenty twenty four in the next couple months here. Uh tickets for Nova twenty twenty four is uh they go live on one March. 
and tables are so dependent on ticket sales. So if you are on the fence and you're not sure if you or you are going to go, we just encourage that you get your tickets early so we can secure those uh, that table space. Because on Thursday, we did lose a couple tables just for the day, right? Thank goodness it was only Thursday. But yeah, so March 1st, if you guys want to come, um, please pick up your tickets early. That would help us out a ton. One thing I would love to see um, if we can get more tables in the future um, is just a section dedicated to people to want to do War Machine pickup and play games. I remember this, the times long past of the old Temple Con where they would just have like a hallway of open tables. And anytime you finished a game, you could go and get like a door prize. Even if it was just like one focus token with the PP logo on it, it was something cool that you could get just for your participation without needing to sign up to any event ahead of time. I brought my War Machine models, I just want someone to play. I'd love to be able to support that more, but we cannot do that without your involvement, team, people out there. So I second Erica, you know, get us your signups. We want to put on the best show possible, but we need to show the organizer of Nova that the community is out there and that they will come. That's how we get our tables, and that's how we can make the show better for everyone out there. Let's go ahead and do the uh, closing statement. So, all right, for everyone who has uh, ended up being here, so thank you so much for sticking us to the end and talking about Nova. It was just really fun. It was great. Uh, and, you know, we'll end up putting our heads together on what the next convention is going to go ahead and look like, and as well as other episodes we're going to go ahead and do. All right. Hey, uh, Taylor, we're going to our last segment. Do you have anything that you want to go ahead and say or plug? Um, anything about the Ice King channel? Uh, the floor is yours. Yeah. So if you guys want to find me, I am Ice King. You'll have to type in Ice King War Machine because apparently YouTube gave me four random numbers that I'll never remember. So when you search Ice King, you have to add War Machine at the end of it. And that's how you find me on YouTube. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram. Just Ice King. Look for my picture. It's kind of obvious. And my links are on my channel, which they you might link below. We'll see. So I'm on YouTube. I am on Spotify. And I am on Apple as well. I know there's a little issues going on with Apple. I'm going to investigate those today. But by the time this goes up, it should be fixed. Let's just go around. Dan, uh, your closing remarks. Yeah, I had a great week uh, hanging out with everybody here, as well as everybody in the community that we had a chance to meet. Had an awesome opportunity to do give a Mark IV demo to Miranda Wargamer Girl. Um, so that was a highlight for me as well. She seemed to like it, and I hope to see more of her online and in uh, in our in-person physical events in the future. Uh, Nova was great. You should go. That's my closing. Uh, Erica, uh, anything you wanted to go add? Yeah, um, thanks again, everybody, for the great weekend and coming out to you know, play games with us, roll dice, hang out. Uh, thank you again to the community. Uh, shout out David Lee for stepping in. We really, honestly, the bottom of my heart, guys, thank you so, so much. We have, I think our next bat rep, so we got a lot of questions about the 2v2 format. So I think we're our next bat, bat report is going to be a 2v2 uh, one. So uh, look out for that one. That will be an absolute not nightmare to edit. <laughs> I'm excited for the uh, splash art for that episode. Yeah, and thanks again for uh, Miranda and her husband, Tommy, for coming by, taking pictures of our tables. We did an interview with them. And thank you to Dave over at Mini Wargaming for coming over and talking with us for a bit. Um, sorry, my brain was in an absolute fog. And... <laughs> It was just kind of word vomiting at you guys, but uh, thanks for taking the time to come over and, and see what we were doing. Appreciate it. All right, Andy, close us out. Closing remarks. It's good.
It's good. That's it. I did. I did it. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna do my best to be in that two v two bat rep. I would love to. Uh, I would love to, love to play in that. That's uh. It, could, could we actually do some with all four of us playing in it? It's not a bad idea. That would be sweet. That would be actually. I think that actually be a lot of fun. Oh, maybe I can get the dusk. I have fifty points of dusk. Fifty points of Orgoth. Fifty points of. Winter Paul. Four. Paul. Real quick. It'll be. It'll be me and my wife versus you and your wife. It'll be great. Vicky. Vicky wouldn't come. <laughs> no, your podcast <laughs> wife, Dan. <laughs> he's talking about me paul oh okay gotcha yeah we can do that yeah why don't it'll be uh we'll get dusk on the channel for the first time because i think uh let me talk to chris we'll get 50 points uh painted up and uh or i just gonna drop magnus it's just gonna be magnus no magnus no magnus no no magnus <laughs> that sounds like fun i like that all right yeah that'd be cool all right let's uh let's do that all right um well with that everybody thank you for listening to this episode and we will catch you on the next one we'll see you around take care thanks everyone bye bye